Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. And we are here kicking off a brand new franchise this week. You know, we did uh, two very family-friendly franchises for the most part, and so we just had to go hard in the other direction. And at the same time... <laughs> We really wanted to uh, keep uh, John Travolta in the mix. <laughs> you always got to have Travolta in the mix. He's our new favorite for 2021. Uh, just kidding. Hey. Um, but uh, yeah, so th- this week we are kicking off the Carrie franchise. Um, and, uh, you know, I know every week we ask for you guys to send in suggestions. And uh, this is one that came in a couple times from listener Nicole. Uh, so, Nicole, this is for you. We're starting. We're starting. We're, up, fi- uh, we're doing it. We're finally right. there. That's right. This is really one of those ones that when you mention it, people will really be like, wait, how many of those? So like, it's, I've only told like two people we we're doing this and I got that like both times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's going to be fun. Um, and uh, we get to kick things off with a stone cold classic. Um, but uh, before we really dive into it, Elis, where can people reach out to us? Yes, uh, let us know what franchises you want to request uh, and send us any other emails at sequelrights at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You could make a suggestion of a franchise that we're doing just like what we're doing right now for Carrie uh, in your review. Uh, five stars goes a long way. We appreciate it. That's right. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to try to do more uh, listener suggested franchises this year. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for more. Uh, but in the meantime, here we go with Carrie. It's the night of the senior prom. The Bates High School gym is alive with excitement. Everybody is there, even Carrie White, the girl no one likes. We're all sorry about this incident, Cassie. It's Carrie! And everyone makes fun of her. The girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother. Help the silly woman see the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. Ooh, sounds spooky. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, this is Carrie, the one that everyone knows. You all know, you all know this movie. Uh, maybe you haven't seen the whole thing, but you know, you know the major the beats. This is this is Stephen King's first film adaptation, which is crazy. That's yeah, it's insane. Uh, you know, it's nuts that, uh, a lot of people would say like the first one was the best one <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, they could have stopped there. No, I'm kidding. I mean, apparently Stephen King even says that this movie is better than the book. He likes it more than his own book. Yes. The, the endings, there's a lot of stuff that is different from the book that we can talk about a little bit later. I mean, I don't know, Justin, we can get, we can talk about our Shawshanks and your green miles in there, but certainly of the horror Kings, as we think about them, no, totally. this is probably the best adaptation. I, I sure. think I would agree with that. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's just crazy that it's like the first, you know, it, it was also his first published novel, right? Correct? Yes. So it's it's just nuts that like, yeah, the first book he, he gets published turns into this movie that people are talking about, you know, for generations now. Years and yeah, years. I, I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, um, I was going to say like, have we, have there been, there are a lot of movies on sequel rights that, um, are uh, often listed in like, you know, AFI top 100 horror movie lists or stuff like that. Like not just horror movies, but I mean, have any of them been on like top movies of all time lists? Well, like that? certainly uh, Starship Troopers. Three. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, is this the most like uh, hollowed classic film that we've talked about so far? Uh, I think it might be. It, it very well may be. Yeah. I mean, step yeah. up, step up, step up. Step up, Starship Troopers one. AFI's top 100 dance films. I mean, Dirty Dancing is, uh, but it, that one also is not like people are going to be like it's the best movie of all time. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. We'll we'll look it up later. We've got we've got weeks to keep talking about this, but I, I, I will look at the list. Um, 
But this movie is like, you know, uh, as they say, the, uh, close to a tight 90. Uh, it's very, <laughs> you know, it's not like going on and on and on. And the book is very short, too, uh, which I know because I read it last night uh, after I watched ah. the movie. <laughs> I was like, why not? And, I, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, tell yeah, us. This, is, this is the point where Stephen King wrote Carrie and was like, well, I'll probably just go back to being an English teacher for the rest of my life. <laughs> Um, Elis, so tell tell people about the book. It's uh, it's not written the, in the traditional uh, like chapters way, correct? No. Well, there's three like sections, but um, the the main device that he's uh, employing here is it's almost like a uh, it's almost more like a written documentary where it has like expert and like witness testimony and clips from art fake articles from like Esquire and medical journals. And it really approaches like the phenomenon of what happened at the black prom as they call it in the book <laughs> um, as like a scientific anomaly. Uh, yet there's also some scientists. They're like, it's a gene that we can isolate and kill the, all the people who have it, you know, like stuff like that. Whoa. It's really crazy. Uh, it's a lot different, but not too different. And weirdly what is kept the most is the dialogue most of the dialogue is word for word like written and pulled from the book um so Damn, it's kind of they, they say stuff yeah. like this in the book you eat shit i think so yeah <laughs> um but yeah a lot of it is very like directly taken from the book and since i read it immediately after watching the movie i was like oh okay yeah oh, it rings a bell yeah um yeah the uh the dvd that i have has like a you know film to book comparison thing and ah. there weren't that many things listed um you know major stuff like the ending but uh or like some added characters here and there but it didn't seem like overall a ton of crazy changes yeah i would say uh, unfortunately red hat girl lives in the book um but she doesn't have a red hat but she does live um they changed the name of the teacher to like a white name for the movie because Desjardines is too hard to say I guess <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, there's a whole storyline about Chris's father being a lawyer coming in and being like I'm gonna sue the school and the principal being like no you're not and yeah <laughs> that basically and then there's also a lot more about like uh, Carrie growing up and um, mm -hmm. this incident in which the house is uh, rained upon by stones when she's about mm. four or five years old or something like that that's actually uh, they actually shot that scene for the movie yes. and cut it out yeah because the the, the raining stones just looked like rain uh, and not stones so uh, yeah the effects effect no. they had didn't quite work <laughs> That was actually supposed to be the climax instead of the the house being like torn apart was just like, oh, a bunch of stones get sent at it. Oh, yeah. You can actually same with, like, see the same like he had the the Palma had a similar like the end of Snake Eyes was supposed to be like a Noah style tidal wave. <laughs> and it ended up not like they shot that, too. But that ended up being a different type of movie. They said, uh, yeah, they said on the special features for that final scene, like the conveyor belt or something that was supposed to carry the stones broke down that day. So they couldn't do it, but they had already shot some of the interior scenes. So you can see stones like in the movie still falling yeah. through the ceiling, but it's so chaotic in that moment that you kind of like, can't really tell what's sure. happening. Still works. Still works. Yeah. All of Stephen King's tropes that you know and love him for are here. Uh, you have the uh, rampant cynicism, you have the working town people and just characters that feel so real and so true to what assholes kids are. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time, like I said, he he was an English teacher. So, you know, these are probably some of the kids he was dealing with. <laughs> I, I hate to say, like, ev I mean, I'm not in high school now, but even as far as up to the point that I experienced it, there's pretty much nothing in this movie that I feel like is unbelievable. Maybe the one step too far right. is that it's actually pig's blood like that. Like, may I feel like that is really, really, really out there, but maybe not in a farming. Not, yeah, not community. in a farm town. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm like, yeah, I could see all of that happening uh, when yeah. I was in high school or. Uh, USC. That obviously. scene where they uh, go to get the pig's blood is pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, at the Farmer John factory uh, over there in industrial uh, 
like the industrial i think it's like vernon that area yeah, yeah, on yeah. the five you can go drive there and my oh, no you're talking about vinci right from season vinci, two of uh, yes <laughs> true detective and i don't i don't know if, if this is like 100 percent uh, true yes. but my dad swears because my dad uh is seventh day adventist and he said when he was at seventh day adventist academy in like elementary school that there was a field trip where they would put all the kids in the bus drive to the farmer john factory that building that you see in the movie make them walk around and look at this hideous mural of like the pigs being raised and then taken to slaughter because it goes through the entire life cycle if you drive around and it's a huge complex and a gigantic mural like i'm sure it's a historical uh site at this point but it's a, just a huge mural and apparently they would take the kids there so that they'd be horrified and not want to eat pork and <laughs> also it, it it obviously like smells really bad i don't i probably now you can't like hear pigs dying but Maybe back then you could. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, you know, if it wasn't uh, COVID times, maybe we could have gone over there and got a secret rights photo in front of the mural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've driven by it many times because on I've many driven a by it for drive. Sure, yeah. yeah. On many a drive when the five is too crowded, Google will take you on the scenic tour of uh, industrial Los Angeles. And then you, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's Farmer John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah crazy yeah the kids are uh you know the the teenage menace in this movie is pretty strong <laughs> yes so let's talk about the inciting incident of it all um mostly because i think it's funny to talk about periods and see <laughs> if you guys get uncomfortable <laughs> uh no i just uh yeah i just feel like that is probably I, i'm like I'm like, what's more? Tra- I was like, is that more traumatic than what happens at the end of the movie? Like, it's a pretty traumatic sequence. Yeah, it's super traumatic where they're just talking shit. But then, like, I love that the teacher, you know, is just like after the whole thing. She's when she's talking to the principal, she's like, you know what the damnedest thing about it is? I wanted to hit her. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. did hit her. <laughs> yeah, she, she did, did actually. Yeah. Yeah, you could just hit anybody in school back then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty crazy, though. Like, yes, it's bad, but also, like, there's an insane stigma about, like, period products. Like, it, it, it's Absolutely. bad for her because she doesn't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. But, like, I remember I got in trouble because uh, we got toilet papered uh one time when we were having a flute sleepover and so the next day we went to the 99 cent store and bought a bunch of pads and tampons and put them in the like cubbies of the boys who did it and i got in trouble for that they were clean clean like period sure. products and i got in trouble because how could we do something so like disgusting to them when they had toilet paper in my house that's terrible but you know <laughs> i think that it does a really great job um showing that stigma where the gym teacher is basically just like in the principal's office and is, is making her case and saying yeah. all these things. And she still has a little bit of blood on her shorts and the principal, like he has this look where he's just like, ah, yeah, he, he looks like he wants to shoot himself in the face <laughs> yeah. right then, or possibly vomit on her. <laughs> yeah. And he can't get her dang name, right? So terrible. Cassie, Cassie, come in Cornucopia. here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah. I do. I do have some like period questions for you guys. Okay. See. Uh, what do you think is so? Okay, they're they're discussing that it's very strange that Carrie did not have her period yet and did not know what it was, and she is mm-hmm. seventeen in this movie. So, what is the average age at which people, female? girls get their period. I will point out that Justin and I do not did not grow up with sisters. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. Um, uh I would guess I mean it feels like it would actually be way earlier than that. Um I feel like it's like I'm going to say 13. 14? 13. The average is 10 to 15. Mm. So most almost everyone is between 10 and 15. 15. The average average is 12. Makes sense. So not too far off. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was just watching Big Mouth, and it was all about, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, Jesse getting her period. So I'm like, how old are they in that? Okay, I think so they're like 13. Modern yeah. media is educating you exactly. at the, the age go. of in your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, what age? Now that I have a daughter, I, I need like, to know this. I this. split the difference. <laughs> okay, so at what age should you be concerned if your daughter or a girl has not started her period? 
I probably 14, probably the, the answer I just said. <laughs> well, if you said it was between 13, you know, didn't you say 10 and 15? Yeah. So I guess, yeah, if they're 15, I don't know. Yeah. And depending on their like lifestyle, like if it's someone who is like heavily exercising every single, single day, then it may take a little longer. So you got like an extra couple of years in there. Uh, how long do periods last? Like, each time it happens, not in life. A week? A little bit less. It's four to eight days, so you're yeah. both right. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on the woman. The entire month. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. And <laughs> how long can you keep a tampon in? Oh, that's a really good question that I do not know. I would say... I would say, like, like probably... Well, I mean, how long should you or, like, could you? Like, that's a different question. No, not could you. Of course you <laughs> could. Yeah. Yeah. Should you? <laughs> uh, I would say eight hours. Yeah, I, say, I was saying 12, like, half the, half a day. I don't know. No more than eight hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> four, to, four to eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't have 24 then- hours. <laughs> 24 hour extra thick yeah what is period blood like what is bleeding what is it's the utero lining uh, hey you got it yeah there you go finally and over under here how many tampons does the average woman use in her lifetime oh man okay this is like a this is like a trivia uh end question yeah um (laughs) Uh, I mean, this really depends on the study, too, because. Well, according to Healthline.com or whatever the generic medical I'm website I'm going to say like 5,000. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's my guess. Uh, One dollar. Okay. <laughs> I'll go f- uh, $4.99. <laughs> Come on. 16800 oh, oh. oh, Approximately $3,000. Wow. Womp womp. Oh, that's right. Well, that's why the government just gives all women a free car, right? <laughs> the cost of all the tampons. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. A lot. Well, that's a you lot. guys weren't as uncomfortable as would have made me more entertained. We're just trying to play <laughs> but... it cool because we're, uh, uh, you know, blasting this out to the public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be embarrassed. You're like, <laughs> why'd you ask me these horrible things? <laughs> Ew. Gross. No, no. Hey, it's just part right. of life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways mr principal definitely wanted to die when he saw it yes <laughs> i mean oh, I, mr principal yeah i guess i guess in that situation i could see myself being uncomfortable maybe but um if you're like yeah this the just being like having this thrust upon you all of a sudden as a principal and maybe you're not usually dealing with that kind of thing but. sure but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a he still sucked. What's he gonna do? Deal with students? Yeah, he sucked. He sucked. He's a terrible <laughs> principal. <laughs> there's a very famous episode of Degrassi where Emma gets her period, and there's like a period stain on her pants, and her stepdad is the principal. I think so. Oh, awkward. Oh god. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really well done uh, sequence in the beginning. It's horrifying. Uh, you feel yes. you feel like absolutely terrible for her, for Carrie immediately. Um, I, I, they, I, I watched some of the special features and they said like Sissy's basic was saying that, uh, uh, Brian De Palma was like, uh, it's supposed to be like, this moment should be like, you just got hit by a Mack truck. Like that's how you, <laughs> that's how you should act this moment. <laughs> and, uh, so apparently that's what she was thinking during that scene. I think it comes through. Yeah. I mean, Sissy's basic was apparently like super method for this movie. And in fact, she wasn't even supposed to be in it. She was the um, girlfriend at the time when his production designer did Phantom of the Paradise. And then I believe they were married at this point. But uh, De Palma tells a story where, you know, she was going to do an audition for a commercial. And he was basically just straight up with her like, look, I'm actually really leaning to this other person. So if you want to go do the other thing, that's fine. She's like, no, no, I'll stick around in town and I'll do it. And then he talks about when she actually did the test and he was like, yeah, we were all fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) She's incredible. Yeah, she's great in this movie. And I like the other fun, like casting tidbit that they talk about in the uh, 
special features is like basically everyone from this movie are people that like didn't make it into Star Wars because yeah because yeah him and George Lucas did like a joint casting call yeah they were like casting for Star Wars and this at the same time all yeah. teens come here yep <laughs> Luke Skywalker no in thanks. the in the De Palma documentary which I watched uh, over the weekend uh, that is really awesome it's basically it came out in 2015 it's basically just Noah Baumbach interviewing him oh, nice. and they just cut in a bunch of footage uh, but they actually have foot like all of the audition tapes of like Mark Hamill reading with uh the main girl uh who you know dates Tommy and like like that she was Amy really Irving. close to being Leia yeah oh yeah and that like all of them are just kind of reading against each other and they have all of those tapes it's really that's cool. so crazy <laughs> that's pretty sweet yeah um I mean uh Brian De Palma great uh, this was like his first like big like commercial production. Yep. Like you said, he did Phantom of the Paradise before this and, uh, you know, would go on to make a, a bunch of amazing movies, but this one really put him on the map, I think. Yeah, it was his first big hit. Yeah. I texted Tyler yesterday yes. and was like, Tyler, are you prepared to give us Film School 101? Because for sure, we need to talk split screens. Split screens. <laughs> They're actually split diopter shots. That's what? right. <laughs> Uh, basically how these work and Brian De Palma is one of the most famous modern filmmakers who used them. They were also used like Greg Tolan used them in Citizen Kane and all that fun stuff. But it's basically like a big bifocal piece of glass gets mounted on rails in front of the, uh, camera. And you basically have two focus planes that you are sometimes even three, depending on what you have. And so if you meticulously stage the shot, you can have these two, really disparate areas be in focus. So it almost looks like a composite that's done digitally, but it's actually done in camera. Um, and De Palma is a, a adamant and loud uh, Hitchcock lover. And Hitchcock also used this technique. And De Palma is the one who really brought it into modern filmmaking. It's very... Um... Like your your eye immediately is kind of like wait this isn't right, right. like yeah it's like it's like not natural like, yeah you it's know, super it's... off putting and then he also um he they shot the entire sequence like he's also pretty famous for split screen mm -hmm. and they shot the entire climax of the movie in split screen but that didn't actually work out uh, because it was just too much for people to process like he thought it would be really really cool but they it does they cut have it together. a few here yes. and there on certain scenes but yeah yeah they shot the entire sequence that way crazy yeah the, um, the split diopter stuff is so cool you're you're yes, just always yeah. like yeah it is kind of unsettling and like that scene where tommy is like listening to um carrie talk about his poem is so mm -hmm. so interesting yes. just to like see both of their uh, faces and focus and everything yeah which yeah, we've is seen, oh, go ahead i was gonna say we just we've seen so many shots where it would start on tommy and then carrie would be not in focus and then she isn't would be in focus but this instead they're both in focus the whole time and yeah. you're like whoa wait a minute <laughs> uh i was just gonna point out that the poem scene uh that that is actually how stephen king met his wife they were in the same poetry club Aww. um and he the way he talks about it in his book on writing is adorable and delightful does his wife also have uh, telekinesis? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she has the patience of a saint for staying with him for when he was the mayor of Cocaine City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it, the poem scene is interesting. It really, like, kind of makes Tommy, like, seem even nicer in a way yep. because, like, in, in the book... Um, she almost comes off as a little bit more like selfish and like vindictive. Whereas in the movie, she comes off more as like, it's just, uh, she's just overloaded and the stress and the panic and everything just comes out. But in the movie or in the book, sorry, she's much more deliberate where like, she knows like there's no poem 
thing. So there's no pretense. She just knows like, okay, he's asking me for some kind of weird penance and I do not care. I am going to take advantage of this opportunity and I'm going to go and I'm going to prove everybody wrong and I'm going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll show them and this and that. Whereas this one, she's really kind of like, all right, you know, (laughs) and then she's just kind of like, maybe he really does, you know, but I mean, he he is very nice to her and goes a lot farther than he even needs to. And in the, in the book, you see his inner, uh, his inner thoughts and like Carrie is manipulating them somewhat. And so he's like, well, she is really beautiful. Maybe I do love her instead of Sue. (laughs) Like, Oh, I'm so confused. Whereas in the movie, like he's just being really, 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 really nice. I, I don't think there's any implication or even like, like slight indication that she might be controlling his mind. Yeah. I do like, um, like every, you know, as, as, as many times as I've seen this movie, I love that mm-hmm. it does such a great job of, uh, like really making you think that, uh, Tommy and Sue are like definitely in on this whole thing. Yes. And it's still like the, the moment where like it, they reveal that Sue like has no idea about the bucket and is just like, what's happening. It's so good that like, you know, I almost, I almost forget that that happens every time, and I'm like, oh shit, they weren't in. Oh, on you it. really thought that they were in on it? Oh, the oh, whole time. Yeah. I know. I, I oh, yeah. Justin, I had the exact same experience of like, no matter how many times I've seen this movie, I like, I'm like, wait, were they in on it? And then like <laughs> at the end, like even when she's leaning up against the rope, I'm like, oh yeah, she is in on it. <laughs> like no, really? she's not. I never thought that they were like. I have never had that thought, and I've seen it many times. Oh, I just too. hate. I, I hate that. all of the students so much that I'm like, oh yeah, they're definitely in on it. They're being total dicks. This, this is all yeah, part of the plan. Absolutely. Especially since well, you know what happens at the end. You're like, oh, well, yeah. this is how they get her up there. And so you're, you're thinking like, yeah, they're in on it. See, and it's funny because I kind of said the opposite last night because my roommates watched this with me where I was like, no matter how many times I see this and I've seen the ending, I know what's going to happen. It does such a nice job of lulling you into like, oh, they're on a nice date. Yeah. It's nice. Pro- Look, they're dancing now. They're spinning around. He gives her a little kiss. Everyone's so nice. It's so cute. And even though you know it's coming, you're still just like, oh, I just wish that it could just stay this way you know like why did we have to like let's pause time and just stay here <laughs> this movie is really incredible in how it's paced because mm-hmm. it not a lot happens in this movie there's not a lot of segments like it almost has like before prom and after prom like it's not you know, uh, there is a three X structure in there, but it, it feels truncated and it has these long stretches where it has time to breathe, where then all this other stuff happens. But the incredible thing is, is that you get to the prom part of this movie with about 40 minutes left. Like there's or 30, like there's a lot of movie left in, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you remember all, every single one of those sequences, but it doesn't feel like it feels like that the pig's blood is the end of the movie somehow. Like that's how it yeah. rests in your mind. That that's, that's the same. Like the first time I watch this movie, like before you've ever seen this movie, you probably already know about the, the prom sequence. And, and so like yeah. the first time I ever watched this going into it, I was like, Oh man, we're already at the end of the movie. And I love that. There's like, yeah, all this stuff that like important major stuff that happens. Afterwards. Insane. Well, yeah, a mom has to get crucified. Yep. And it's just like, it's a fun thing to discover in, you know, when you're kind of like, uh, pff, Carrie, like I already know what happens in this movie, uh, you know, watching yep. it the first time, like, okay, whatever. And then like that, there's all this other stuff to discover about it more than just the iconic pig's blood drop scene. Yep. Um, and the, you know, destruction of the gym, um, I think is really awesome. But um, don't forget okay. about John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah. Let's talk about him because <laughs> some other things in this movie that are, uh, <laughs> you know um of their time is the like random domestic abuse in this yeah. relationship like oh, god which goes even farther in the book where they are like into violent sex with each other but like you know this they he keeps slapping her around and it's just like whoa what is happening and yep and throwing throwing beers on her and- <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, the PBR can looks exactly the same though. It just has the different drive in front of the police back then. And nobody <laughs> cared. Yeah. It just has like the different can, uh, can design. But, um, the, uh, I love though that the, the movie, uh, goes out of its way to let us know what it thinks of John Travolta the entire time. What? 
Watch it, you stupid shit! Stupid shit. Dumb punk! Dumb shit. You're so ignorant. Dumb shit! Watch it, you stupid shit! Who are you calling a stupid shit? <laughs> like he gets his called chicken. A, yeah, he gets called a stupid shit like 800 times in the movie. <laughs> well, it was funny because like I already know this guy is a horrible character. He's slapping his girlfriend around. He's drunk. He's horrible. He's going to do the pig's blood thing. He kind of ki- kills the pigs overly violently for no reason. Like he's super into killing them, um, which is definitely disturbing. But then at some point when he they're setting up the the trap, he goes into this like song of the south like oh, accent yeah. and you're like wait i don't i was like i don't remember that part like why, why do you have to bring that into it and it doesn't help that like well, not that anything could make that better but there are no people of color whatsoever in this town in this movie not even like a you know clerk in a store nothing mm-hmm. no yeah it's a pretty awful moment that's just like not even it's not anything it's, it's bad and it's interesting because there are multiple references to like song of the south and blackface and stuff in the book but oh, really? yeah hmm. that's weird yeah i mean i think that the thing that this movie does really really well is the way that it introduces its evils right because then you just have all right like this is a weird girl and so and teenage girls are just vicious and they can be really really mean and they've targeted on her and it's like that's shitty that's bad and then it's like oh she has kind of like a religious mom that like people the neighborhood's a little bit annoyed with like that's well, that, that that makes sense. Now I get it. It's like, oh, she is crazy, crazy. <laughs> and then it's not just, oh, these kids are just being run of the mill, generally mean. Like now there's a vendetta. And the way that it kind of escalates both of those things were like, it's like the walls closing in. It does such a good job of being like, well, the mom's doing this. And like the girls that are out for revenge are doing this. And they just keep pushing her into a corner. And every scene kind of keeps that equilibrium going. And it's the thing that drives the movie. It works really well. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys want to talk about Carrie's mom, Margaret White? Piper yes. Laurie. Piper Laurie. We just watched, uh, you know, the faculty recently because mm. I was like, oh, what do I else do I remember her from? And that's that was what Twin we she was, was Twin apparently Peaks, yeah. took the role in this movie and <laughs> had to be keep like De Palma had to keep reminding her that it was not a dark comedy, that this was a serious <laughs> horror movie. And she was apparently just laughing in between takes because she thought it was so insane. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Uh, well, yeah. Insane is one word for it. In yep. this movie, <laughs> she uh, she is crazy. I love the 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 mom in the beginning where she's just trying to get her out of the house and she's just like, "We'll just donate ten dollars now. Please shut up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's it's crazy because yeah, it is so over the top. It's so horrible, but like those people are out there. Like it, yeah. you know. No, yeah, like I like we said before this, like none of this feels unbelievable. Like, um, the only my yeah. dad. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say my dad loves this movie uh, and always has. <laughs> um, I think that um, it might not line up as for the years. So I, I, movies came out multiple times back then, so I think him and my mom sure. did go see it on a date at some point. Um, and he likes to tell that story, but I mean, I guess he always identified with it somewhat because of course in a much less severe way if you're a kid who has a family that's super super religious and it's a religion that other people think is weird like it just you know you you can't do these things that the other kids get to do and you can't you know blah 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 and this and that and they don't let you do this and they don't let you do that and everyone makes fun of you like just like identifying with that feeling i guess of being an outsider um Specifically for like religious reasons is really visceral, I guess. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know his favorite is, uh, well, okay. So there's this, everyone calls it the creepy Jesus statue. Oh it's God. definitely not Jesus. Uh, uh-huh. It's, I guess it's St. Sebastian or whatever, but creepy, creepy horrifying, Jesus. creepy Jesus. <laughs> <The and> eyes. <laughs> just, 
the fact that when Carrie does eventually kill Margaret and she's strung up in the same exact position and then makes the same expression as the creepy statue is so good. Like, oh, yeah. and I kind of get why Piper Laurie thought it was funny because that part makes me laugh really yes. hard. Well, so- and, and the way she dies, she's like having an orgasm or something while she's dying. Yeah. <laughs> she likes it. Yeah. It's so creepy. Whiskey oh, out of his breath. Um, <laughs> So De Palma does talk about this part in the the De Palma documentary. Mm. And one of the things that he says is that it's great when they make so many sequels of a movie that you made because you can see them make all the mistakes that you didn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he was like, they did a TV version where they do the end, what, how she dies in the book, which is just a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his whole thing, he was just like, really? Boring. Like, you're just going to have her fall down? Like, no, <laughs> like, that's like, that's not, we're not doing that. Like, we're going to have her be crucified. Um, and that was one of the changes that he was the most proud of. <laughs> yeah. Right. Someone, especially someone giving you a telekinesis heart attack, like, that looks, that I just, I assume Blame. it looks goofy. <laughs> Uh, I guess we'll find out soon. Yeah, right. A couple weeks. <laughs> Two weeks uh, from now. I, they, they showed clips of it. Uh, we, we found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the whole time with the mom, I was just like, you know, I just, uh, you know, have, have a daughter and I was just like, I cannot imagine raising someone like in this way and thinking that or it's wanting to kill your own daughter for any yeah, reason or think, no yeah, matter what you believe exactly thinking that what you're doing is good and right i was just like this is so far beyond anything i could imagine <laughs> it's not gonna be like that here i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah, so you're not gonna have a closet with like a weird muppet jesus <laughs> yeah uh i'll be like i knew i should have known it was gonna be red i knew <laughs> Yeah, I knew it was going to be a red dress. She's like, dude, it's pink. Like, what? Did you, did you, <laughs> it's not uh, red. Did, did you see about that, Tyler? Where it were like, apparently, uh, the costume designer decided that pink looked better on uh, Sissy Spacek for the scene, but uh-huh. uh, Piper Laurie didn't get like the script changes, or it didn't get changed for her. So she said the line like red i might have thought it would be red and then later they were like hey we need to go back and change it because it's actually a pink dress and <laughs> and she was like no 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 like in her mind she's so like yeah obsessed like she sees it as red even though it's not. that's really cool i love that because it makes it so much better because you're like what lady it's <laughs> yeah. pink like you're like she's so far pink. off the deep end <laughs> yeah it looks like blood the blood the dogs I, the boys. I that's amazing <laughs> The dogs, yeah. This boys could that was so gross. With like they come sniffing, sniffing. yeah. Oh god, (laughs) that's not no, that's not how it works. Um, That was one of the period myths that I looked up, and I was like, I'm not even gonna ask them that. So stupid. Like, does period blood attract bears? (laughs) Apparently, that's one of the things that men actually think. Yes, I know that's been a joke for a long time. Yeah, and like anger men. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. What do you guys think about uh, Betty Buckley as Miss Collins? She's uh, is she a fantastic. good teacher or a bad teacher? <laughs> she's a great teacher. She's a, she, she, no, she's she's a human teacher. She is sure. uh, not does a lot of questionable things. Is admits <laughs> her own humanity in like that whole speech with the uh, principal, and at the end is just genuinely happy for Gary and and that you know is thought that she could do a good thing for these kids, but like she hates the kids and she loves the kids. So <laughs> yeah. That feels I, like a real teacher. How to me. do I reach these kids? <laughs> yeah. By literally reaching them with your fists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I was like, I don't, I definitely don't condone hitting, uh, you know, students or children or anything, but, uh, I do enjoy the way she talks back to these kids and like, doesn't take any of their shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just gives it right back to them. Um, and apparently she is like actually slapping that actress in that scene mm-hmm. uh, like 30 times over. Uh, later to become Brian De Palma's wife. Mm, nice. But uh, yeah, I think she's great in this movie. Do you, do, so do you guys think uh, at the end, do you think she was actually laughing uh, at Carrie or that's in Carrie's head? No, not at all. It's red dress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she inherited the crazy. I didn't think she was actually laughing either. I'm just curious if. No, Carrie at that point just thinks that all of them are. I don't think the teacher especially is not. Yeah. We're all going to yeah. laugh at you. Classic soundbite. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and also one of those like oft misquoted. 
the uh, yeah the the DVD menu when you turn it on, it's like they're all gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you, and it just repeats <laughs> over and over. <laughs> Which I think I heard from an Adam Sandler album before I saw this movie. Yes, exactly. My dad always Same. says, they'll laugh at you, they'll laugh at you, but it's not right. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> they'll laugh at you. They'll laugh at you. I've <laughs> been hearing that my whole life, and it was true. They're gonna they're gonna chuckle. They're gonna chuckle. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about this magic trick that the movie pulls a little bit, uh, where we see some of the girls plotting and it's unclear, you know who's doing what, what exactly that they're doing. Uh, De Palma's, like I said, from the Hitchcock school and firmly believes that the setup to the thing is more interesting than the, more interesting than the thing. So like this movie is completely building to the prom scene. Uh, And like, that's, that's all it's doing. It's an engine to get to that point. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's executed beautifully. Um, and I love the choice they make to like, just like hang in this like silence and just hear the, the bucket swinging. Yes. And like everything's happening in slow motion for forever. And like you slowly see, I think Norma is the one who laughs first, but I love that you still, you like, you don't hear the laughter at first. It's just like this haunting, like image of her, like freaking out and then like kind of inciting. I love, else. yeah. I love there's the moment where people don't laugh. And then it's Norma being like, cause she, cause she was in on it and yep. it was going to happen because she couldn't like wait two seconds for the secret to be told to her. <laughs> like it's throwing the elbow, like, Oh my God, it's so funny. And that's the only thing it takes to make them turn. Yep. Well, and when the bucket hits Tommy in the head, yes, then that also kind of opens the laughter floodgates. And even though Carrie cannot perceive that that happened at all and that that's part of what they're laughing at right uh it, it definitely is i think because yes. okay yeah he everyone likes him but he's like the popular guy and he got hit in the head yeah. by a bucket and exactly. fell over like that's sort of like just kind of funny which not which not because apparently it's a very heavy bucket because he is out cold no if like I, if that, i saw that if i saw that in real time i'd be like oh fuck and like run up <laughs> and just make sure he's okay <laughs> right now yeah but if you just thought it was like a little tin bucket or sure. whatever apparently in the in the book too there's two buckets and one of the ones the one that hits him is still like partially full which is another reason why it's so wow. heavy that he is like pretty like you know obviously completely out uh and then he dies right he dies. Yes. In, well, in the yeah, fire? he dies in the fire yeah. for sure. But um, in the book, it kind of heavily implies that he might have like the head injury may have killed him anyway. Oh, dang. Um, because it's like up. that severe. Um, that's but, pretty, that's pretty classic King, too, of just like where banal things like that will do you in. Yeah, um, I, I was impressed by the kind of. Uh, dedication to arts and crafts decorations like even every step up to the stage is completely covered in glitter like the steps that they're peeking through to like watch the action happen totally <laughs> glittery stairs and then it's funny because my roommate was like how is no one seeing that bucket and then they show the bucket it's camouflaged with stars and moons and little decorations <laughs> i was impressed that they decorate they camouflage the bucket that's <laughs> the important <laughs> part of my speech yeah, you'd think someone would notice it because it wasn't like there were a ton of decorations up in this up in the uh, the rafters there. <laughs> um, the movie also has like a pretty gorgeous score by uh, Pino Donaggio, mm-hmm. Italian composer. Um, watching this again like uh, made me uh, excited that uh, Waxwork is putting out the vinyl for for Carrie this year. Um, and I already have oh, a nice. bunch of his other, like I have Don't Look Now and um, Tourist Trap and The Howling he, he did as well. He actually did the music for Seed of Chucky that we watched. Oh, um, interesting. But yeah, I, I, I think uh, I just love that it has this like kind of like pastoral nature at certain parts that mm-hmm. really plays well over like the crazy religious stuff and like the mom dying and just like this kind of luscious score. And then I guess he also wrote like some of the, the songs in the prom. Uh, like what you heard at the start. Oh, that, interesting. That first song at the prom is actually kind of good. Uh, yeah. that, like that's in the trailer. I'm like, oh man, it's kind of like a bopping song. Um, and uh, now I'm hoping that that's on the soundtrack too, but I don't know if it will be. But uh, yeah, great score. 
I can't remember if it was this film or, but he did work with the psycho composer um, in previous movies. Bernard Herman, yeah. And I, and I believe he was supposed to do this one, um, but ended up passing away beforehand, but he was telling a story, whether it was this movie or another movie that he collaborated on where he had uh, a bunch of his psycho score on the temp track. Uh, Brian De Palma also talks about being terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, that they had a bunch of uh, psycho cues on there and he was like, no, 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 no. Stop the projector. Stop the projector. I can't watch it with those cues on there. And he had to immediately like rip all the temp stuff off there because he was just like, if I hear it, like then I'm going to have to do it that way. Like, no, we're not doing it. (laughs) I mean, I do love that they kind of, you know, end up going with that, like screeching violins for Uh whenever Carrie's having a a raging uh, power moment. Um, I could watch that scene where she like knocks over the kid on the bike, like over and over again. It's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And he's just like, what the fuck? But uh, yeah. Creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie. (laughs) Yeah. Those moments are really powerful. And um, yeah, I think the score is great. So how about the end ending? Ooh, yes. The deliverance uh, inspired ending. Yes. Uh, I thought it's pretty creepy. You have anything, uh, any, any uh, De Palma insights? I do. It's shot backwards. Oh, nice. You can actually see uh, a car in the background behind her. as she walked down the street moving backwards. Um, That's probably why it feels extra creepy to watch. <laughs> yeah, it feels so like he wanted it to be like off putting, but you couldn't quite place it. So, yeah, it's completely shot in reverse. Um, and which is why when she, the way that she's walking, everything is just a little bit weird. And he also talks about how, uh, it's in respect to, I can't remember. It's one of his more modern movies. And he was like, yeah, the ending's not good. He's like, as a filmmaker, you get like, maybe if you're lucky one or two, just incredible endings and for your films. And like Carrie was definitely one of them. Yeah. I think it's a pretty iconic ending. And I love that, uh, yeah, you just kind of you see the like trauma that's been left behind <laughs> with Sue because yes. it ends on her just like screaming out of her mind, like you know, totally messed up in the head after. after I'm here, that. I'm here. You're this, but you're sleeping on the futon for a and reason. She's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's a real haunting. mom too. Oh really? Oh really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that she was the one who almost got Princess Leia. Uh it it's really. You know, because I feel like <laughs> I've heard people be like, well, what'd you have to kill everybody for? Why'd you have to kill the teacher? Why'd you have to kill Tommy? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm kind of like, okay, first of all, the people asking that, you were probably popular, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you feel like this is an affront to you somehow? Like, this yeah. <laughs> but, but actually, though, it really like it wouldn't make sense if she like spared certain people because this is a completely chaotic thing. Her powers are out of control um, in the movie version. And in the book, it's a lot weirder. Like I said, she's sort of uh, uh, practicing her powers throughout the whole book to, to, you know, build them up. And then after she burns down the gym, she walks through the whole town. She blows up the gas main. She blows up a couple yep. gas stations. Um, she explodes every fire hydrant so that they can't put out the fire at the school because there's no water <laughs> pressure. Um, she goes to the house and has the anticlimactic, uh, you know, psychic heart attack on the mom. But then she leaves, goes to the roadhouse so that she can kill uh, what's her face and what's his face. But like in the movie, I like a lot better because she really doesn't even know like cognitively that it was them. She just sees them on the road. And she's like, boom, you're dead in that awesome explosion. But yeah. yeah, this whole thing where she goes to the roadhouse, she kills them. And then she's like lying in the parking lot and Sue comes and like, you know, they have like a psychic connection and she like, hears her thoughts or whatever. And then like dies in her arms. Oh, weird. But like Sue at the end, is just kind of like, yeah, it was a bummer, but I'm over it now. And <laughs> I hope my book makes money so that I can move away to where no one knows me. Bye. Classic, <laughs> classic Stephen King ending. As Much well. better with her going like, like she's totally insane <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Where the mist ends. Oh, I guess I won't ruin another <laughs> book ending. <laughs> um, 
it did make me wonder. I had this thought while I was watching it is that like there because you you made the crack about like, well, you were probably popular of, you know, her killing everybody (laughs) at the school. But it rings so true. And so uh, that there is no anger and violence begets more anger and violence and that the reaction to it is blind. It's rage, you know, Uh, carry to the rage. Um, (laughs) But uh, it did. It's such an iconic revenge thing of just like she is so bullied and so maligned that when she gets her come up, when gives them their comeuppance, it's satisfying. It's it's fun to watch it happen. It does. I love that the movie has the um, consequences of innocent people are dying, too. But like as an audience, we're enjoying it. And it made me really wonder if it was the pop. That's the thing that made it popular, because that's a fantasy that some mm-hmm. of us like. But that people obviously like want to indulge in in fiction or something like that. And it made me wonder if that's something that was tapped into or if that was something that was put into the public con- conscious. And does it then? I don't know, somehow play into school shootings and play into that fantasy in that it's something that we can all relate to. And there's something really interesting there. And I- I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, but it definitely made me think about that while watching the movie this time around. Yeah, it's very complicated. I mean, obviously, like it, it, everyone, I don't care what you want to tell yourself, but almost everyone, especially girls watching this movie is like, it would be kind of, you know, <laughs> it would be too bad if I could exact revenge. <laughs> yep. Of course, not actually kill people, yeah, but yeah. just that <laughs> that feel that release, that feeling of, mm-hmm. wow, you really got your come up. And you were you were wrong way. about me. You were yeah, wrong about me. Exactly. Uh, it's like, you know, fantasy. And but that that that's that's what it is. As long as it remains a fantasy, yeah. it's not dangerous. However, you know, society has enabled people to take it too far obviously um but it doesn't even always have to be that way it's funny how many um there were so many parallels that i kept noticing between um this movie and matilda actually Uh um which i was kind of like well that's like a whole different (laughs) way to to take it you know like what if matilda had kept going with her powers (laughs) until high school you know i don't know what would have happened but um you know that's amazing (laughs) it's it's similar in a weird way um well, uh, you know, she gets it, revenge on the teacher instead of a student. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cl- clearly she decided to kill Mrs. Collins because of that uh, stupid rule where you can't go to prom if you don't have a date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, Dems the rules. Yeah. We're a very litigious high you school. You can't go to prom if you don't have a date, you loser. <laughs> President McConnell, <laughs> Principal McConnell, no, you're gonna make it past the door. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that was a thing, but yeah, it's it's you know, I mean, it's so complicated. I mean, I yeah, I I do think we, it's uh, many of us. I I have been a bully. I have been bullied in certain ways, you know, that remind me of this movie. But like, you know, and it's just kind of a vicious cycle that we all have to break mm-hmm. in ways other than carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I do think it's a like, yeah, it's a bit of a cathartic experience to see that happen. But I also love that it's just like the movie's more complicated than just like, yeah, revenge. There's like all this tragedy. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that that's the, on. one of the things that's so crucial about the movie that it does yeah. include that. Yep. I mean, that question is baked into, um, you know, visualizing this fantasy. And and the thing that the movie does so well as we were talking about before of how it kind of stops time and plays with time, uh, you know, making it feel that she's on cloud nine. Like you really feel like you're the, she's the bell of the ball and like, you're so excited for her and you can tell that like, and it is weird too, where like in the movie, it feels incredibly platonic and like, it's just two people being really nice to each other. Yeah, and, you know that, like, you know, come Monday, it's not like they're going to be dating. It's just right. like, oh, you know, thanks for the good time. All right, bye. You know, like, I know it's like it's like this really healthy I see you type of like not to not to not bring like Avatar, Avatar into way. it. <laughs> <laughs> so relevant. So relevant. Um, But yeah, it's it's just 
them being kind and it makes the horror of what comes next so much more effective and and jarring yeah masterful stuff indeed uh anything else anybody you guys want to hear what a bunch of kids think about the movie yes before we get into our own reviews <laughs> sure uh, you know, uh, th- this is one uh, we're we're back with the common sense media. Bam. Um, Surprised they even bother to like review things that are rated R anyway. Yeah, you're like clearly, it's, clearly this isn't for kids. But okay, there is way more kids reviews on the uh, film than parents. There's like seventy five to twelve, um, and I just wanted to read a few that uh, I thought were particularly funny. Here's one titled. Uh, a kid who's 11 years old, three stars, not sure, it says. I never saw the whole movie, <laughs> except but it. But I did see the prom part, which was pretty awesome. But that's just me, because I don't see a lot of horror movies. But almost everyone died, but not Carrie's best friend. And if you've seen the end, then you see her best friend, but she is, like, in cast all around. Yep. Seems like in a person. Cast? <laughs> she is in cast all around. <laughs> What does like, that mean? Like a body cast, I guess. I don't know. Uh, clearly, someone who doesn't uh, d- doesn't understand the movie. <laughs> well, they're only eleven, so here's a nine year old kid. Five stars. Yeah, oh, no. Carrie. I love this movie, and I watched <laughs> yeah, it. <Carrie. laughs> That's the title. Yeah, Carrie. Uh, I love the I love this movie, and I watched it first when I was eight. It rocked. If your kid is familiar with Family Guy, they can watch this movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Coming from a nine-year-old kid. Okay, that's uh, doesn't sound great. Um, <laughs> here's another one from a 12-year-old kid. It's really good. Four stars. Um, I watched this at 11 years old with my best friend, and it's perfectly fine. My brother saw it at 10, too. Most of our casual stuff is worse anyways. Pretty violent at some parts, but oh, whale, right? Okay, whale? this is why it's, good. it's escalating because these kids are watching it way too young. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, uh, whale. Here's another one from a 13-year-old teen, four stars. I'm impressed with the soundtrack, scary enough to make this movie good. The movie makes me feel old, too. <laughs> and then the review says, if you like prom, watch this. <laughs> like the prom? Or- no, I just think like, <laughs> you like if you like prom, prom watch this movie. By the way, coincidentally, I had watched The Prom on Netflix the day before, not realizing that I would be watching Carrie the next night. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) double Travolta, double prom. Too bad James Corden wasn't at this prom. Oh, God. All right. I mean, then there'd be no more James Corden. (laughs) Um, I've got, uh, okay, I've got one last one. This is is the best one they had. This is a one star review from a 15 year old teen. Just from November 2020. Yeah. The title of it is Scary. You know, like Carrie with an S in front. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the review. It says, more like scary because of one of the most ho- terrible horror movies. The plot is stupid, but it's classic. First of all, teens making out in the car like Stranger Things and oral sex. How dare you? No teens can oral sexing. What? <laughs> there is some nudity. <laughs> and a girl gets bullied with menstrual period. These are there's exclamation points after every sentence. If a girl says I have a period, then they were offended. Some boys do even study puberty about girls, and girls study puberty in boys. That's gender puberty. <laughs> if a girl <laughs> if a girl has a menstrual period stain, then she gets bullied. Some violence like a stupid mother hits her daughter and then <laughs> then locks her in a closet. <laughs> Characters killing each other. Bully pushes a girl. A teen boy slaps his girlfriend and teacher slaps his students. A teen girl destroying gym class. Impaled knives and death. <laughs> Some swearing like using an F-bomb. It's just bad. Bad for modern day girls. Who hates Stephen King? Don't watch it or you'll have no candy. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it ends. It's weird that Ben Shapiro writes on that bit. <laughs> that's I need. I want like a that's all, folks. But that's gender puberty. That's like gender puberty. I was like, it doesn't make sense. No <laughs> teens are oral <laughs> sexing. <laughs> no teens are oral. No teens are oral sexing. They can't. How dare you? <laughs> Not in a they car. Like, what are they doing? Making it out in a car like it's Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> we oh, need boy. more. 
education on everything, yeah. not just sexual education. Everybody I mean, that- needs to be more educated. <laughs> okay. Now I'm like, kids still have to make out in cars, right? Like, where else do you go? <laughs> There's a weird, uh, <laughs> God. There's a weird, um, you know how it, it says like, you should, uh, talk about your, th- this with your kids, yes. uh, after the movie. One of the things it says that I feel like is just weirded super strangely. It says, uh, how does this 70s horror movie compare to some of the real bloodbaths you see today? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Which is like, I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about before. Yeah, why would you call it blood? Blood? blood <laughs> I couldn't even finish the sentence. <laughs> why don't you say school shooting? I don't know. School how violence. Compare, how does it compare with some of the other bloodbaths? Yes, some, some, some of the real bloodbaths. You know, one of those bloodbaths that are just in the news. Bloodbath and beyond. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh, terrible wording on the it's question. I, I don't know why you would write it like that. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Tyler, you got a rating system for us? We can give our Hold real. On, I'm not done laughing at that. <laughs> uh, do I have a rating for you? <laughs> um, hmm. How many hand-sewn prom dresses would you give <laughs> Carrie? Uh, I think I'm going to give it nine hand-sewn uh, pink prom dresses. I was kind of going between nine and ten. Honestly, I could probably give it a ten. It's, pretty cla- it's a classic. I, I'm a big horror movie fan. This is about as good as it gets. Um, Especially, you know, in the seventies, this, this is a this is a classic and a touchstone for lots of future films. Um, uh, it's just like, yeah, I feel like you know, <clears throat> seeing the special features and hearing like what Tyler talks about from the Brian De Palma documentary, it just sounds like every step along the way they uh, they made the right choice. And you know, they do talk a lot about how Brian De Palma like storyboards all of his scenes, and you really get that feeling. Uh, especially in the in the like meticulously shot uh, like prom sequence that's like the climax of this movie. It's just it's just awesome to watch, uh, and I feel like you know much like Elis's dad, I think it's something you can watch over and over again and still get enjoyment and and find different themes or see see different things you didn't notice the first time, and it's really enjoyable to go back and watch again. So, yeah, great movie. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 10. Uh, I was really hoping you would pick Dirty Pillows because we haven't said Dirty Pillows yet. <laughs> I was like, what are uh, so you doing? <laughs> 10 Dirty Pillows. <laughs> Whiskey breath. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, it's a masterpiece. Like, it's mm-hmm. a classic. It's great. It's, you know, other than cell phones, like, and hitting the people in school, this could take place tomorrow, sadly, if somebody had telekinesis. Like, it is so timeless in, which is horrible but also makes it amazing to watch um and everything is just so good like sissy spacek is so amazing when she plays both the like aloof carrie and then the like made up carrie she's not like overdoing it she's not underdoing it it's just like the perfect tone of where you like feel sorry for her but also like you get it you know and, uh, it's just like it, it's so it's just great. Uh, yeah, this gets a full 10 dresses from me. Uh, this is a classic movie. De Palma's a master. This is him operating at, you know, the top of his powers. And um, it's a movie that is that has a really hard edge. That's really cynical. That also has a lot of heart and um, gives you more to think about than most movies especially like the united artists is the the company that put it out and they were embarrassed to promote it um because they were you know they had rocky that year they had all these best picture things and so like they're like yeah we put it out it's out there you know it's there whatever um but you know i think that this movie the reason it has such staying power is that it taps into something universal and that's the thing that makes it timeless and it's executed in such a way where um even though some of the stylistic things could feel gimmicky they're they really don't um it's kind of incredible it's kind of just this pure cinema variation that just works 
how many years later? Is it almost 40, 30? Math. L- longer than that. <laughs> longer than 40, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Right? 76. That's crazy. Um, yeah, well, it did It did pull two Oscar nominations for acting. It did. <clears throat> yeah, for both the, the main leads. Um, uh, and and <clears throat> the mom won, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I don't that. think so. I don't think she did. No. Then I am mistaken. You are mistaken, sir. Now you will feel the rage. The rage. Yeah. So (laughs) where do we think this is going? So Uh, I can tell you it's going all the way to 1999, which is so far away from, uh, uh, I almost said 1776 from 1976. (laughs) Uh, it's just, I kind of, I'm interested to watch this because I've never seen this movie and I wonder why it was made so far away from the original. Um, like what was the impetus to be like, let's make a sequel in 1999. Um, so I'm really interested to dive into that, but I don't know. Uh, everyone's, I mean, that was a dream sequence, right? It wasn't like she was actually still alive Yeah. at the end. So she's dead. So I don't know who, who this is going to be about, but it's called the rage Carrie too. So, uh, Carrie must be involved somehow. Carrie also, Maybe like Carrie escaped. Co- she became a flight attendant, had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> She's maybe like a copycat uh, person, but it's like maybe trying to develop their powers in honor of Carrie or something. It's a backdoor X-Men tie in. Well, doesn't mm. the, uh, the doesn't Patrick the, Stewart shows up at the end. <laughs> the book actually ends with like a like, oh, there might be other people with powers thing. Right. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does. So that. Yeah, that could be something that they're exploring. I guess if they're going back to something they didn't tackle in the movie from the book. Like um, someone in the book literally proposes, like, is it eugenics to get rid of people with telekinesis? Yikes. Cool. <laughs> um, maybe it'll go into that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, right? That, that is X-Men. There you go. Yeah. Right? yeah. I feel like it'll, uh, you know, it'll... Yeah, I just I don't know what a sequel would be. I have a feeling it's just going to tread the same grounds. Uh, yeah, and uh, but and not going to be shot nearly as cool. No, it's 1999. Come on, it's going to be it's going to look terrible. We'll have to see. Yeah, uh, well, well, yeah, we'll be continuing that next week. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, Elis, where can people reach out? Email us at sequelrights at gmail and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way. Or share your favorite episodes from the past year on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks again to listener Nicole for suggesting Carrie. I think she suggested twice, and we're finally finally listening here. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, and we're all ready to rage next week. We're just going to rage. <laughs> we're going to rage. <laughs> Make sure you have a date. Otherwise, you can't come. That's right. <laughs> Prove it. See you guys next week. <laughs> Yeah.